If you do not have a Bible, there's a Bible over on the lamp over here. There's a Bible in the back. I don't think we put them under the chairs today. Uh, But open it up to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36 is what we're going to look at today. We've been walking through Luke. We're we're all all the way to chapter 9. Last week was a great week, a powerful week as we looked at that. And I don't know if, Jeremy, you probably read ahead because... Part of the passage we're reading today talks about a cloud and God in the cloud. And it's just a very powerful passage that we're going to look at today. This is called the transfiguration. If you look at it in Luke, he really doesn't say that word. But if you look at this same passage in Matthew and Mark, they use that language. And so let's look at Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. About eight days after Jesus said this, He took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. That's what they call the transfiguration. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of light. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Verse 33, as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered him, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. It's kind of sporadic reading on my part. Sorry about that. I need to practice reading out loud, huh? So. I don't know what version you have. This is NIV version. I would encourage you, pick up other versions and read them occasionally and just see what's going on. The message is a, is a nice little way to shake it up. Uh, the voice is a, another good little way to shake it up. The, NSA, the NASB, just grab some different versions and read this stuff. As we go through and, and as we keep going through Luke, um, my prayer is this, and, and I'll say this quite, I say this quite often. My prayer is that us, as a church body, We'll come together on Sunday morning and we'll, we'll look at the passage and we'll read and, and God will show us some stuff. But the stuff that's going to be the most relevant to you is the stuff that you pick out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as you're, as you're reading your Bible and God's showing you some stuff. I want to just, just uh, look at this passage this morning and point out some things that really jumped out at me. Um, like I said earlier, this is called the Transfiguration and Matthew and Mark talk about this a little more than, than Luke does. And and it's maybe because Luke was writing, he was a Jewish man and he was writing to a Jewish audience. And so when he was writing, he was writing to say that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. And so he didn't want to say anything that would come across as pagan to people or as, as foreign. And so when he uses his language, he doesn't put transfiguration in there. Let's look at verse 29. Verse 28 starts and says, um, about eight days after Jesus is saying this, took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain. And verse 29 says this, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. As I was reading this, 
a couple words jumped out at me, and one was as he was praying. How many times does Luke talk about this, about praying? How many times does Luke address praying in his book? A ton. Just last week we talked about praying, didn't we? Luke is teaching us and he's showing us the importance of prayer. And as we look at this passage specifically, we see that Jesus, he humbled himself to pray and he was exalted. See, Jesus knew what was coming and he prayed for it. I'll say that again. Jesus knew what was coming and he prayed for it. Multiple places in Scripture, we, say, we see that man is wrestling with God. We see man asking God for stuff. And we see man even making deals with God, saying, God, if there is even one person in this city that's holy, I won't destroy it. Like we see multiple places in Scripture where man is talking with God and God is listening. Here in this passage, we see Jesus praying. And he's talking with God. He knows what's about to happen. And he's talking to God about what's about to happen. Do you talk to God about what's to happen in your life? What's about to happen in your life? Do you talk with God about things that are going on in your life today? Do you talk with God about things that are stressing you out? We know in this passage that Jesus is talking. And what's he talking about? If we look down a little bit later, he's talking about he's about to go and die. Right? That's probably something worth talking to God about, right? What's going on in your life right now that you need to take before God? That you need to pray? That you need to talk to God about? Are you stressed out? Anyone? Don't raise your hand. Okay. No, don't. We have hands going like this all over the place. Are you worried? Sherry's like two hands up, right? Are you fearful? Are you lacking joy? Are you lacking peace? What's going on in your life right now? And Jesus is saying, I, I, I want to know. Like, really, I want to know. Talk with me. And as we look at these, these passages where man is wrestling with God and man is making deal with God, I just peek up and I just go, God's interested in what's going on in our life. He's interested in the small details of what's going on in our life. Write this verse down, Psalms 2.8. Psalms 2.8 says, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession, God, our creator, is looking at us and he's saying, ask me. Ask me. Wrestle with me. Talk with me. Because I want to know what's going on in your life. You're not here to go this alone. What are you asking God for? Wrestling with. Making deals over with God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that God is going to give us everything that we ask for. And we can take that and run off a whole other theological route and name it, claim it. And that's not what we're talking about. What are you struggling with? What are you going through? And what are the desires of your heart? Do you think God cares about the desires of your heart? Why are they there in the first place? Ask God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all, who with unveiled faces... Or faces 
contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed in his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Well, what, what is this verse about? If you look in our passage right here, verse 29, it says that he was praying to God and his appearance changes. His appearance changes. I, I remember when I, I lived in Houston, and maybe you can think back of times in your life when you weren't quite just what you are today. I can think back of a time when I lived in Houston, and I was very, very stressed out. I was working a ton. Uh, I, I kicked the dog quite often. I, my dog then, his name was Starflyer, and, and I could tell you when I was stressed out because Starflyer would be flying through the air a lot more than normal. Like, it was bad. I treated my dog bad, and that was kind of my, my, my like, litmus test of am I stressed out, am I worried, am I whatever. And I, by the way, I treated my dog. I know. I don't do that anymore, by the way. But I, I think back at that time, that I would kick the dog a lot. I was bitter. I was starting to get stressed out, and I knew that my life needed to change. I knew that things needed to change. And at that time in my life, I knew that I needed to get stubborn discipline in spending time with God. A lot of people will call that legalistic, and, and I agree, but I ask this. At that time in my life, when I'm stressed out, when I'm freaking out, when everything is just at high level, anxiety levels high and everything, do you think I can keep going at my own pace, doing my own thing, or do you think it's time for me to pull away and to look at the face of Jesus? So I had, to get very, I had to get very legalistic in the way that I would read and the way that I would pray and I would journal and have prayer journals and all sorts of journals and times and timelines and stuff that I made myself do because I knew that the path that I was going down was not going to lead to a good area. If I am going to err in running after God, I want to err in running after Him, not in sitting back and just waiting for life to happen. See, Jesus longs for a relationship with us, a beautiful, a freeing one. But I ask you at this time, is your appearance the face of the appearance of God? Is your appearance reflecting what Jesus looks like in your life? Jesus was praying, and what happened? He was praying to God, and his appearance changed. If Aaron Havens would have stayed the dog-kicking man that he was in Houston, I would probably look a little different today than I do now. Sometimes we need to just spend time with God. I can think back of Exodus 34, 29. If, you, if you're familiar of this, with this passage in Exodus, when, when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai, he was carrying two tabernacles to, or two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hand. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had been, because he had spoken with the Lord. In verse thirty, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. Moses went up on the mountain. God appeared to him, and then when Moses came back down, his face was shining because he had spent time with God. Are you spending time with God? Is it changing you? I mean, I even mean the physical way. Is it changing the way that you look, just physically? I know when I look in the mirror even, if I've been spending time with God. 
How do you feel today in your relationship with God? It's only by prayer that we can fetch light, wisdom, grace, joy. It's only by spending time with God that our faces will shine. Sure, we can go about our day, we can go about our week, just just waking up and exercising and eating healthy and doing whatever we want to do and going about our own schedule on our own agenda. Sure, we can do that, but I'm going to ask you, what will you look like by the end of that week if we go about it on our own power? I am not strong enough to go through life without Jesus. I need him. I need to fetch his light. I need to fetch his strength, his wisdom, his grace, his joy. I long for my face to shine. I long for my countenance to be like Jesus. And that only comes through spending time with him. Are you purposing time with God? What does that look like for you? What does that look like in your days? Is it really like regimented? Or is it free? There's not a right, there's not a wrong But what does it look like? Can you honestly say that you're spending time with God, longing to be who he is, to be with him, to be like him? Okay, let's move on to verse 31 here. Oh, by the way, verse 32, men, Moses and Elijah, just in light of things, Moses represents the law, Elijah represents the prophets, and Jesus had come to fulfill all that. They're meeting with him. He appeared in glorious splendor, uh, talking with Jesus. In verse 31, they spoke about his departure. Uh, For sure thing. They're talking about something that is for sure going to happen. Elijah and Moses are talking with Jesus about something that is for sure going to happen. I wonder if they're, they're saying, okay, stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. Stick with the way that, that it's planned out to be. Jesus, you're about to go and suffer on the cross. It's going to be agony, but this is the plan. This is God's redeeming plan, and they're talking there. Stick with the plan. And it, basically what they're saying is they're saying, remember, uh, this right here, this is not our continuing city. Earth is not our home. We are just passing through. Jesus was just passing through. He was about to go to Jerusalem. He was about to be crucified. And right here on this mountain, I wonder if Moses and Elijah was saying, Jesus, you got this. Let's do this. Let's go forward with the plan. Now, I can relate to that, and I think we can relate to that in many ways. Because in essence, what might have they been saying? They might have been saying, Jesus, this is not your home. And they're talking about this. They're talking about the death, the exit plan. This is not our home. Church, this is not our home. But man, I set it up to be every day. By one wonderful word, and I use it quite often. Maybe, maybe you do. My? Do you use my at all? It's, it's possessive, like my. It, it makes me feel good. I mean, I can think back to... Well, look at here, my, my Pinterest bottle. Mine, don't touch it. Jeremy gave it to me. <laughs> I can think back to my mongoose bike. Like, I saved up for my mongoose bike. It was slick, chrome. Whew. Had those spike things that are coming out the back, you know, pegs. Those were hot. Those were like the first, when I was young, those were hot. Those were fresh, man. My mongoose bike. Don't mess with it. Don't take it. It's mine. Well, where's it at today? I have no idea. But I, it, was, it was mine. 
my town, especially growing up in Ordway, like, you've you got to have pride for something. My town, like, this is where I grew up. I know everything about it. Everyone knows me. My town. Really? I haven't been there for a long time now. But, man, then it was, it was my town, Yuma. Woo! Okay? Like, my, my car, my first car was pretty awesome. 83 Mustang, hatchback, four-cylinder, black, hot red interior. Like, it was, Danny, come on, don't laugh. My Mustang. I took, I took pride in that Mustang. I even waxed it. I don't think I ever changed the oil, though. I realized that. I was like, somewhere in the middle of college, I was like, you're supposed to change oil? Like, I, have, I don't know how that car made it, but it probably didn't help it, no. My Mustang. My college. Anyone proud of their college? My house. Edmond, Oklahoma. I've got a house. Still, we were not smart when we bought, so we have to rent it. <laughs> my house, really? I don't even know what's going on in my house in, in Edmond, Oklahoma. My, 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 my money. I earned this. Like, I've worked hard enough for this. This is mine, my time. Do any of you have issues with my? Like we set up this home like it's ours, like it's forever. Jesus was just passing through. We're just passing through. If you have a my issue, here's what you should do. Go to an estate sale. Really? I mean, if, if you have problems setting up and thinking, this is my home, and you're about your comfort, and you're about today, you're not about serving others, I mean, you're about you, go to an estate sale and take your time. I know it's going to stink in the house, but take your time. Walk through. Look at all the knickknacks that probably have meant the world to this old lady or this old man that's passed on. Look around. Look in the cupboards. Look, look at the dishes. Look at the things that took a lifetime to collect that were mine. Look at the degree hanging on the wall. That's mine. Look at this stuff that's mine. We set up this world to be our home, and it's not our home. We are passing through. To me, that's a cool thing. It's cool to know that this world and this stuff is going to fade away. So if you've ever had a house burn down, you know how quick you can lose everything. If you've ever lost things instantly, you know how quick that happens. People, stuff, things. Jesus is the only thing that will remain. And are we setting that to be our home? and our purpose, and our direction, and the lighthouse in the dark. Let's look at verse 32. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. These guys have a sleeping problem, man. They're always sleeping. (laughs) But when they became fully awake, they saw... I underlined some weird words in this verse. Here's what I underlined became fully awake, they saw. That's what I underline. Is that in the middle of a thought? Kind of in the middle of a thought. And as I underlined, became fully awake, they saw. I thought, where, where were they? Like Jesus invited them to go with them on a trip. That's pretty cool. They go on the trip. They're on this mountain. This incredible stuff is, ha- is happening. Where were they? What kind of friends? What kind of brothers are they? 
Like, stuff is happening in Jesus' life. Incredible stuff is happening in Jesus' life, and they're asleep again. Well, for the first time, later on in the garden, they'll be asleep again. What kind of friends, what kind of brothers are they? And I want to ask us this in this room. We're the ecclesia. We're the church. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're friends. Are we spending time with each other? Are we caring for each other? Some of us are going through incredibly hard times right now. Are we there for each other? Some of us are going through great joys. Really cool stuff is happening in our lives. Are we there celebrating with each other? We need brothers and sisters to walk through this life with. Because alone, I'm going to be depressed. I need you here. And I'm wondering, is there a sleep? How come they're asleep? How come they're not there? I'll pray for you. Have you ever, have you ever said that? Maybe, maybe today it'll accidentally slip out of your mouth because it's so easy to come out of your mouth. Like, we'll be talking. What's going on in your life? And someone will share their heart with us. And in the middle of that, we realize we have to go to the bathroom or that we've got bad breath and, you know, or, or we just got to go somewhere. And so they're sharing their heart, and we'll be like, oh, I'll pray for you. Anyone ever done that? Anyone ever had that done to you? It slips out. It's just natural. It just slips out. But really, do you pray? Really, do you pray? Jesus is on this mountain. Incredible things are going on. His brothers, his disciples should be there praying on his behalf, with him, going with him, walking with him, experiencing this. But yeah, no, they're asleep. Do you pray for me? Do you pray for each other in this room? And when someone says, pray for me, do we casually just shrug it off, or do we truly mean it? I'm reminded, especially the last couple weeks, that this life is a battle. Satan is after your life. He's after everything good in your life. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out. Systematically, he wants to kick your feet out from under you. We need to be praying for the body of Christ to be strong. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be sending texts saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? I love you. I'm praying for you. And when we're struggling, we need to send the other text. And that text says, please pray for me. I'm struggling. Satan's trying to take me out. We need to be there in the, in the times where we're struggling and when we're celebrating and when we're going through life. The disciples were asleep. Shame on them. Where were they? I would probably be asleep too. We need to wake up, church. We need to look at our brothers and sisters in the face and we need to be praying for them, spending time with them, encouraging one another. It's a battle, and Satan wants to take us out. Let's not let him do it. Together, we're strong. Individually, we're going to be picked off. Look at verse 34. While he was praying, a cloud appeared and covered them. And that's what I underlined. A cloud appeared and covered them. They were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came. Where, I lost my spot, sorry. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. 
in Matthew and Mark, if you look at those accounts, it, it adds these words to that. It says, this is my son whom I've, who I have chosen, my beloved son I'm well pleased in. Listen to him. A cloud appeared and covered them is what I want to look at right now. How many of you have ever been to Haiti? Any? Okay, very good. The best cup of coffee I ever had was in Haiti. It was because I don't know that the coffee itself was very good. Maybe it was, but I think it was more the setting of that cup of coffee that was so incredible. The day I, we had taken, I don't know how many students there on a mission trip, uh, we were building sidewalks. It was rainy and cold in Haiti. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting hot and sweaty, but it, but it, was, it was rainy and cold. Oh, I'm saying Haiti. That was Costa Rica, wasn't it? Sorry, Costa Rica. Sorry to raise your hand. Anyone been to Costa Rica? All right, a whole other set of agreements. Sorry, Andrew. You're, you're, that was another illustration. Costa Rica. It was rainy, cold. I'm freezing. And, and we go up into the mountain towns in Costa Rica, and we keep going, and eventually we're above the mountains, and we're sitting in this tiny little restaurant that I'm sure would not pass any kind of health code in America. And, but we're so cold, and we're, they open up this window, huge window, and literally we're on the mountainside, and all we can see are hilltops, mountaintops, green, and clouds everywhere. Like we're above the clouds. I'm freezing. It's beautiful. I'm freezing. And they bring me this cup of coffee, and I'm just wrapped around it because I'm so cold, and they bring me warm goat milk. Sorry, Jared. They bring me, you know, it's goat cheese, right? It, well, anything goat, Jared doesn't like. So, right, I love goats on his car all week. But they, they brought me this cup of coffee, and I'm just wrapped around it, and I'm smelling it. And I don't think it's good, but it's the best ke- t- cup of coffee I've ever had as I look out and I see the clouds. Beautiful. Anyone ever been above the clouds? Beautiful. A sunrise or a sunset as you're flying, you know, however many feet up in the air. Beautiful. If you've ever been above the clouds, they're They're gorgeous. Another part of my life that I like is, is when I think about the world and where I see God the most. It's this weird image, so just go with me. A picture of you're on top of the mountain again, and the snow's blowing, and it's kind of coming over the mountain. You ever seen that? Like really cold and clouds just coming over, the wind if you ever snowboard, you know what that looks like, like the wind, the clouds, it's just beautiful. I get a picture of that, and I feel really, really tiny in life. I feel so tiny. There's something symbolic about clouds. Let me point out a couple things about clouds. Exodus 40, 34, the, the tabernacle was cover, covered in clouds, and Moses could not enter it. Thick cloud. Second Chronicles 514, the temple was filled and the priest could not enter. Thick clouds were God's in. Acts 1, 9 through 11, we may be more familiar with that, a New Testament picture of what that looks like. Jesus is taken away in what? In clouds. It says he will return in the same way. Clouds. Something symbolic about the clouds. And I know it kind of gets weird, but stop and think about this for a second. Even this week as you're driving, you're seeing clouds. Think about that. Think about the glory of God. Start researching clouds. Start going in that. But here on this mountain, it's a thick cloud. And God is there. He's with Jesus, Elijah, Moses, and they're communicating. When I think of Costa Rica, 
I think of these moments in life. I look at clouds. God is bigger than anything I can think or imagine. He's beautiful. He's creative. When was the last time you lost yourself in his love? In his protection. Think about the protection of a cloud coming around you. The power of God surrounding you. When was the last time you allowed yourself to be covered in his identity? On this mountain, what was Jesus doing? He was spending time talking with God. And God was reaffirming him to who he was. He was encouraging him. Not for what he had done or was going to do. Jesus was spending time on the mountain with God his Father. Finding his identity in who he was. Being loved by God. Surrounded by his protection and his love. Do you spend time in that cloud with Jesus? What does your day in and day out look like? Where do we find our identity? And are we focused on the man of Jesus Christ and God? Let's move to verse 36 and we'll wrap up with this. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what had happened. This was my week of underlining obscure words and passages. <laughs> because in this verse, I underlined, keep this to themselves. Kept this to themselves. I feel like this is a moment that's pretty secret and pretty special to them. They had spent time with God. They had seen something that they cannot explain. If you were a disciple, how would you explain this moment? If you saw this, how would you explain this? It's kind of freaky and kind of weird. Like you're sleeping and you wake up, and all of a sudden there's two guys there in white, shiny, scary, big old cloud, then they disappear. Like how are you going to explain this moment? I can't. Can you? I feel like the disciples in this moment, there's a, there's, it's something secret. There's a time to speak and there's a time to remain quiet. We cannot fully understand how great God is. He is bigger than ourselves. I hope that in your time with God, the time that you're spending with God in that cloud, the time that you're finding your identity with Him, in those moments in life, I, I hope and I pray that God is revealing things to you that you can't even understand. That's what makes Him God. We can't have an answer for everything, can we? I don't care how much theology you know. I don't care how much you study, how many seminaries you attend to. We can never understand fully who God is is and that's what makes him God there's things in our life that in my life that you're going to know about because I'm going to share with you but there's things in your in about my life that God is revealing to me that you will never know because it's too intimate it's too secret it's been whispered to me on the mountain alone with God how about you what's going on in your life today 
We covered a, a whole lot of stuff today, and we were all over the board today, like normal. <laughs> I want to drive some thoughts home, and I want to, and I want to let you just kind of think on some things right now. And so if you would, if you could close your Bibles and shut down your Bible apps or whatever, your Facebook, whatever you're doing on your phone, this is a great moment for you just to reflect. This is not about your neighbor. This is not about me. This is about you spending time and permission to spend time with God right now in that cloud. If you would, just close your eyes and hold out your hands in front of you if you're comfortable with that. Just put your palms up and say, God, I receive whatever it is you want to show me today. Spend a moment meditating on who God is. If you don't know who God is, spend a moment just asking Him, God, please reveal yourself to me today. I want to ask a couple of questions today. Maybe some of these will hurt. I don't know. Maybe they'll make something come alive in you. But what are you asking for? What are you wrestling over? What are you dreaming about wildly in your life right now? God wants to know. For some of you, I know some of your wild dreams that's, that, you're, that you're planning, you're thinking, and you're hoping for right now. Take them to God. Ask Him for those things. Ask Him to align your will with His will. Ask that His will be done in your life. But like a little kid, can you go before God right now in this moment and just talk to Him? Jesus was praying. He was spending time with his father, and his face was changed. Do you feel like, look like you've spent time with God? Or are you feeling empty? In this moment, just spend time with God. You go about your days on your own power. It's not going to work so well. Just give that up to God. Say, God, please help me this week to spend time with you so I can mirror your image, so I can look like you, God, that I can just experience your love, God. Are you spending time with him, seeking him? Are you laughing with him? Maybe in this moment, just, just ask God, God, can you please loosen me up a little bit? Can we just dance a little bit? I want to experience this relationship. Maybe as we talked about my world, my stuff, my, me, me, this world, 
Maybe we need to ask God to give us a mind that we are departing one day. This world is not our home. Do you live like this world is your home? If so, just give that up to God. Say, God, please help me have my eyes focused on eternity and on you and on others. purpose friendships? Do you pray for the brothers and sisters? Or like the disciples, are we just waking up a little bit too late in people's lives? Disciples spent time up on the mountain. They could not explain what was going on. They kept it quiet. What secrets of God are in you? What exciting things of God is in you? Are you longing for those things? going on in your life? Is there anything that you're struggling with? Anything that you need prayer over? Something you need encouragement over? Maybe some of us in this room, we don't even know who God is. And we'd like to. Truly, we just, we want to learn who God is. Or maybe some of us in this room, we need prayer today. On your chairs, or response cards. I'd encourage you, pick up that response card. Write down prayers. Put them in the offering basket. Check, yeah, I want to talk to a pastor or something. Whatever's on there, whatever's in you, don't walk out without getting that answer. If you need prayer today, Jared and Brittany are up here on the front right. They would love to pray with you. Or if you just want to talk, you're confused or something, we're here, we want to walk with you. But my prayer is that today, God is alive in you. I'm going to ask all of us, if we would, just stand. This time is about worshiping God. So if you need prayer, you can come up to the front here. We'll pray with you. If you want to worship God with your words, we'll be singing worship songs to Him. Whatever it is, this moment is you and God. And I pray at church, we're encouraged today and we see the face of Jesus clearly.